0: 615 of the sleeper in the bust. it is thursday november 15th i'm your host paul sport and it's a fireside chat it's a special one with nick Pollock. nick how's it
1: going what is happening uh it is going great this is a very special one because we're going to talk about a fantastic a bit yeah fantastic draft that we're doing
0: yeah we've got a great industry draft that you've set up the pl mock the pitchers list mock uh with again just a great cast of industry folks it's been a lot of fun obviously we've we Tend to focus on pitchers here with the fireside chats, but we're branching out. We're actually going to discuss some hitters, um, and we're going to talk mostly about our drafts. We'll hit on some other things, maybe some some picks that got sniped. Maybe we'll each kind of give a team at the end that we really like outside of our own. But uh, we happen to be picking right by each other, which makes this draft have a little bit of extra intrigue there. We got picks two and three, and I'm going to put a spell or put an end to all of the conspiracy theories. Take <laughs> off your tin foil hats first off he didn't he didn't just make the order in an order that he wants secondly it wouldn't matter you could have given your it's a mock draft it would not matter one percent you didn't but even if you did right it wouldn't matter uh, i mean, so I mean
1: it, it's track. also one of those cases where i uh, i mean my instinct is that you want to be in the first six or so in it especially this year but i don't know yet and this is, yeah. you know, we don't even know. So I even if you want to say that, oh, yeah, I gave myself the three on purpose or something, like, is that necessarily good? I didn't. I mean, I like it now, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you've,
0: you've really did. It so it's 12 team league. Let's go ahead and run down the the participants quickly and then we'll we'll go round by round talking about our teams. We're not going to get too heavy on the first couple of picks because they're, they're pretty obvious. But then once we really get into it, maybe even maybe even the second round uh, is worthy of some talk. But the first two pick, the first pick we each made is not. Right. Yeah. Very. Uh, easy. That that much analysis is necessary. But it's Rasball, myself, you, DVR, Derek Van Riper from uh, RotoWire, Brent Hershey from Baseball HQ, DJ Short from Roto-World, Eno Osiris from The Athletic, Scott slash Steve Bogman from oh, In This man. League, <laughs> Steve Gardner from USA Today, Bobby Sylvester from RotoPros or Fantasy Pros, excuse me, uh, Al Melchior from Fangraphs, and Justin Mason also from Fangraphs. And I.
1: <laughs> oh. Okay. I need to so, say something. I just need okay. to do this. I. I am mortified. Video, I'm, a, right, I'm mortified and absolutely. though. You made this oh. brilliant introduction
0: video. Uh, it's a spinoff of The Fifth Element. Yes, that's right. There's this Chris and, Tucker gif that always goes around. Yes. And you and you dubbed all the, the bottom and it's amazing. It's going through and you're saying, oh, we got this guy. We got like an introduction of who's in the draft. Oh brilliant God. video. And then I see Steve Bogdan <laughs> and I let out the biggest cackle. I died. Because, like, Scott's awesome, and he just takes stuff like this in stride that, you know, I don't think there's something that's, like, going to keep him up at night. And he's going to be like, oh, great. I'm freaking – This, Steve this kept me up at night. This well, was, yeah, I, I oh. knew – That's the thing, too, because I knew it would kill you way more than it would, like, bother Scott. But it was <laughs> so funny. And I think it was because you had Steve Gardner on the brain who picked right after Scott. So if you're making it in order of the draft – you might have had Steve Gardner on the brain there. This is
1: this is Steve. literally what happened. Is I was making this while hosting uh, interviews for for Pitcher List. Uh, we're we're in this kind of big hiring spree right now, and I, I was just kind of doing it with like five minute sections in between interviews. I just done Steve Gardner, and I actually kind of messed up one section, so I had to redo it, and it just quickly s, you know, s someone, and I put in Steve and. For whatever reason, I didn't pick it up and it went out. I was really happy about it. Then someone, I think actually you pointed it out, and I was just, oh my, I'm so sorry. I really am, Scott, really. I know who you are. It's not like I don't know who you are. Uh, I felt terrible. I really do. So I can see that it's genuine.
0: There's no way that uh, Nick doesn't feel bad. And like I said, I also know Scott, and he's just not the kind of guy who's really going to get super bent <laughs> out of shape on something like that. I know that the Welsh, uh, his co-host over on In This League, is never they're never going to live it. Let, let him live a doubt. <laughs> call him Steve. Well, I hope regularly. you... The next time I'm on, I'm going to say it's nice to be on with Steve. Oh, man. Um, and you know what? Maybe they should have you on and just call you Nate. Yeah, just
1: call me stuff. Nate. That's cool. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> fun to me. Nick Pollock here. What is almost... Ha- I don't know. What what's, is going on? <laughs> Nate Pollock here from Hitter List. And, oh, man. Or and, Pitcher's yeah, on List think, or The Pitcher what's List. What's going or? on?
0: Yeah, instead of what is happening, you say, what's yeah, going, what is on? going on?
1: Oh, man. Anyway, well...
0: Small club, <laughs> not not the biggest deal ever. So but sorry, Bondman. Created some good humor. So okay, let's get into it. Uh, Trout went number one to Razzball, ma- making our picks very easy. We went Mookie Betts, Jose Ramirez. We weren't trying to get too cute. No, nope. there's really no need. Um, I don't really know that there's many places I would veer off from these two picks, particularly the Trout bets. I think this is a scenario this year. Where I think if you do anything else at one or two with, with those two, that you're really just trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. What what could you possibly want to do to, to veer from those two? You could maybe open it up at three. Like I'm, I like Nolan Arenado, and it, that is like a lockdown thirty plus homers, hundred plus ribbies mean, um, if that's something that you want with the 280 average, fine. Um, but for me, it's one of the one of the Cleveland guys, Jose Ramirez or Francisco Lindor. And I like that you went with Ramirez.
1: Yeah, it's I could see the argument more so for Lindor uh, over Arenado just because uh, I think shortstop does have a cliff after Bogarts, or at least it should be, but you had a pick that was after that. Uh, but there is a very distinct cliff of shortstop, and I think it is important. I think this is one of the major things I've learned in this mock is the importance of getting a good shortstop somewhat early. And second base, there are a lot of good sneaky plays. I mean, there still isn't – Daniel Murphy hasn't been drafted yet. Yeah. Uh, I was actually doing some research on him recently that uh, made me interested. Somebody brought him up
0: and kind of comped him to like a a, a former teammate, Anthony Rendon. And I said, yeah, I get that. Uh, I'm still preferring Rendon because he's younger and I think uh, a better – a more stable bet. But I think Daniel Murphy's being a little bit underrated there. And you talk about some second base guys, but you got just such a premium right. uh, run speed option there with batting average and just the the what what Lindor and Ramirez do uh, as well is is the runs scored because yes. obviously they're like um, one's driving the other in, and sometimes they're driving each other in because they they can kind of flip in in the, the lineup. And of so, course, you know they don't too. bat the same every single day. Um, and then the ribbies are up there now too for both of them because they're they're middle of the order hitters. So you look at Ramirez, he went one uh, 110, 105 with 39 homers and 34 steals, 34 for 40 on the bases by the way.
1: Yeah oh, like, that's excellent. Uh,
0: yeah. Just a nasty season. So th- th- those were easy. Let's not get too deep into those. Swinging back around, I loved your next pick. I'm loving this guy in the second round. I got him out in Arizona. I paired him with Bryce Harper.
1: I feel like Aaron Judge is going too late. Yeah, I, really do. I, I completely agree. It's uh, I remember actually in the, the list staff mock draft, I was debating between him or Goldschmidt at pick 15. No, actually even at 14. And I feel like Judge is pretty much a lock for 40 home runs. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he was injured last year. and He wasn't really the same uh, when he did return at the end of the year. But given a full offseason healthy, uh, I mean, he had 52 home runs in 2017. He obviously crushes the ball.
0: Unless you're projecting uh, injury again. Right. It's it's a guaranteed 275-3100. I think that that's like the the baseline. Oh, yeah. I of think, health and and 30, 30
1: home runs is very conservative, I feel, too. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of consistency through Judge is just beautiful. And I, I preach a lot, especially with hitting, is I'm going to go for – Floor than I am the sexier kind of guy, um, I think so if, he's both. By the way, well, right, he uh, gives that, you that great floor, <laughs> and he can go fifty-two again. Yeah, that's a really good point. I uh, but I see other guys like I don't know Acuna Junior or I see Benettendi. I uh, these are more of the sexier kind of plays um, that you think there could be more to it, or even like say Christian Yelich, where you're there's more of a there's a less of a floor. I feel with Yelich than I do with Judge. Well, um, not, before, not to say not to say that I wouldn't take Judge first. I'm still taking Yelich. Mm-hmm. Uh, my whole point is that I just I'm talking about classification. I would say there's more volatility
0: hitters. to his power because we haven't seen Yelich do this yeah. power except the one year. I think if you're talking pure dollar value, I do think he has a stable floor because yes. he's been a good batting average runs forward. But if you're talking about getting 30 plus homers out of your first round pick, Yelich. Is right. Not a guarantee for that. We don't. We don't really know that he's going to do it
1: again. A better, better comparison probably would be Bryce Harper. I actually think I want Judge more than Bryce Harper, um, just because I trust that floor. That baseline is more stable than it is with Harper, um, even though the stolen base, maybe uh, it's like five stolen bases or so. Yeah, I don't. But I say and that there's a higher hint, of course, at, at an average above 300. That's more attainable for Harper. He's done it twice already. Judge hasn't. Uh, at the same time, I think it's a little too volatile for Harper, and there's more consistency with Judge that would make me lean with him more. So I felt very lucky that he fell to me at the end of the second round. Uh, I remember the entire time just hoping that this would happen, and it, it just kind of worked out in my favor.
0: Yeah, when I saw that you got him, I was like, that is really nice to pair with Ramirez. Let's say Acuna, or let's say Judge gets taken where Acuna was, which was to DVR the pick before you. Right. Where,
1: where where do you go then? I probably go Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, uh, who went, I, uh, pick, who went that's after, super good uh, right value too i mean this is this is a draft where i kept saying man that's really late man that's great there were a ton of players like that uh and maybe that's just the nature of hitting at the moment that we have to focus so much on starting pitching early that they're just going to be a lot of great hitters that are still around uh I but agree. to see goldschmidt at 24 too it was it was pretty easy so i, I was stress-free after uh, I mean, or even Hershey going. Trevor's Story is still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big well, fan not, He went the Colorado duo there. I love. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so so I feel very good at this point. Seeing uh, seeing a lot of good options at the end of second round it kind of does bolster the idea that yes, it is still very very solid to be in the first four picks or so. That's true,
0: exactly. Because I do like the back end for the first round, um, and obviously you can get a good second round guy. But the fact that we came back, you got Judge, I got Garrett Cole. I was really right. happy with that. Um, that for my ace there, then it goes Goldschmidt, Baez to Rasball. And then back to me, I went ahead and took Charlie Blackman, no frills. Like I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, he was, he was, I I barely want to use the word down. I mean, it was down from the Uber career year from the year before from 17, but it was a, just a steady Eddie 29. Uh, Homer 70 ribbies 12 steals 291 average 119 runs those runs and runs get underrated Constantly and the fact is he's been at 111 137 119 the last three years. He's got a solid uh, OBP floor because even with the batting average coming down to 291 he was at 358 so even if you shave another 10 points off the ba i think you're going to get a a solid 350 ish obp that's going to keep the runs churning for charlie blackman he was a no hesitation slam dunk pick Uh, i almost got cutesy i didn't want to muck it up just for the sake of of messing with you because i would <laughs> truly have done it but it would have been a little bit funny to take aaron nola because oh, man
1: knew you were dead set on taking him well the number three person. okay th- this isn't true actually if you can okay. believe it i, I would i tell. think i would have taken blackman if he were there and i would have experimented okay. to see can i craft a good good starting rotation starting in and the waiting. fourth round then okay i mean, i really i i do believe that at this point it's Blackman it, I mean I think Blackman is the last one of like the second round remnants of hitting. Uh but Benatendi and Chris Bryant I don't believe in nearly as much as Blackman. If uh, I could
0: be assured some health with Bryant, I think he's right there, mm-hmm. but you can't be. Like we can't have exactly. a of the right. world where I can just say he's healthy.
1: I and I know. and I still like that pick by by short in the middle of the third round. Um Agreed. I think that's I think that's correct. I just feel there is a separation between Blackman and those other options. So if Blackman had survived I think I would have gone with that. But considering you went Cole, who I actually have above Nola. I know against that whole poll and I'm the Nola guy, right? Uh it's it's kind of funny. I I get the I get the uh the label that I am the Nola guy. It's I mean I do absolutely love Aaron mm-hmm, Nola. Sure. It's the shirt. <laughs> I live every day like it's Nola day. But it's also the fact that I was a big Nola fan when he was going 50th starting Mm -hmm. pitcher off the board. And then he went the 35th or so I was always higher than that. But now that he's like the sixth, it's kind of hard to really uh, be the uh, advocate him being the right price for him.
0: Well, and it's something that I talk about a lot in fantasy and and with this, like your opinions should not stay locked in no matter what, because so much of the the opinions that we have with regards to this uh, are based on cost. Right. Yes. And so, you know, I'm you know, if the skills are the same and, and if you're talking about skills, that's one thing. But if you're talking about in the fantasy realm, which we often are, it's based on cost. And so you're loving Nola, when you're thinking that he's cheaper than he should be. Now he's full freight. I mean, now he's Cy Young uh, finalist, Aaron Nola, not sneaking up on anybody. Uh, Philly's not a uh, crummy team either. That was part of it as well as that he was kind of hidden over there. on right. Philly. And now you're paying full freight. Are people ready to do that? You were. I thought I thought you got him at a good spot though, too. Seventh pitcher. No, don't have any issues with that. But you have to be convicted because there is no wiggle room now. Now he has to perform for you. So that's who your ace is. I love Ramirez Judge, Nola as the setup. I'm going bets, Cole Blackman. That's great both too. Both of us really did get two, three, uh, uh, a pair of uh no. stud hitters and then a pair also a trios. <laughs> because it, I was talking about our two teams, and then I, I thought about it in my brain, and it made my brain explode. But yeah, I thought we did set up really nicely <laughs> there with the two foundational hitters and then pitchers. Um, coming back around, we both took a pair of Anthony's. Oh, that's uh, right. A little symmetry going there. And honestly, I really did like your pick because we were talking about positions earlier, and I didn't want to spoil it. First base is garbage. Yes, completely. It is absolutely Trash after the first like five or six, and that's why you're talking favoring Goldschmidt in that second round. I'm with you. Um, You waited, or you you, he wasn't um, gonna make it back to you because i would have taken him as well and so you say okay there's nothing in the third round to really take comes all the way back loops around to the fourth round you take anthony rizzo just a steady eddie like again a no frills type of guy who struggled a little bit got got himself back on track and ended up with a pretty good season i thought you i thought you made a good pick here especially given the state of first base
1: definitely it was again and one of those that i'm just crossing my fingers hoping that he keeps falling and no one no one took him he was right there in front of me. The next first baseman that went was Joey Vado, then Carpenter and Abreu. After that, another three rounds or two rounds until Jesus Aguilar. And it, there really is a massive drop off, in my opinion, especially with Rizzo, who had a, a March and April of 149 average in one home run and in still 85 play appearances. God. Exactly. So and then he had 24 home runs the rest of the way in five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you add in, just say the four or five home runs that he normally would get, that's about 30 home runs he's and right everything is 30, the 100. same. Yep. So he was, he's been going late first round, second round normally in those years. Now we have him in the fourth round. This is exactly what I wanted. Uh, yeah. I'm taking
0: that all day and, uh, I kind of followed it up with the third base s- s- similar. Like I said, the two Anthony's that nobody's being flashy with either Rizzo or Rendon. Uh, I think it's just, you plug in their numbers they're solid and and you like what they're able to do. Um, high batting average, decent mid 20s homers, 100 runs, 100 ribbies for uh for Anthony Rendon. I feel pretty good about that. Well, 88 runs. So we'll say 90 and 90, not 100 and 100.
1: You know what's kind of funny is they had very similar seasons. Rizzo and Rendon, about the same amount of home runs. If you add in RBI plus runs, it's about the same, hovering around 180. Mhm. I uh, Average goes a little bit in Rendon's favor, three oh eight versus two eighty three, but it's they're kind of similar, kinda of surprises me.
0: They're just, they're just solid guys. And I just yeah. think that, like I said, you don't get a lot of oos and ahs and you don't need to with every pick. I felt really good about those. And the guy that went right after them, I think fits in that mold too, George Springer. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get uh, people's blood boiling like, oh, I can't believe you stole Springer from me. It's just a solid pick. You're putting in numbers. So Springer, Hoskins go. Wasn't really looking at either of them. Didn't, didn't do anything there. I wanted to go a little bit more flash and dash yeah. with my next one. And I went with Anthony Rendon's teammate, Juan Soto. And normally, you know, I understand that there's some concern about a sophomore slump or whatever with a 20 year old He will be 20. He was in his age 19 season because you're saying, well, you know, what are you going to get for me? I think there's such a strong base because of those brilliant plate skills. The fact that he had 79 walks against 99 strikeouts, the opposite field power. I just have a lot of excitement about what Soto can do. Um. Just for the sake of argument, I'll I'll sh- tell you the extrapolation of what he did in 494 plate appearances, uh, the 22 and 70 and five steals would be extrapolated to 31 98 and seven, with 108 runs. I don't think that that's the right way to do things. I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to get. I would take like 27 90. And and the five steals again with a hundred runs and and a 285 290 average like that builds in a little bit of pushback I really don't see a tanking though because What book are uh, is the league gonna find on him that you can really? Thwart him with he smacked lefties, which usually is a problem for young lefties. He has opposite field power He absolutely understands the, the zone as well as anybody. I mean he was freaking Votto esque so, despite the fact that he's going to be a 20-year-old going into his second season, I felt really comfortable with Juan Soto in the fifth. What What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a solid pick. I uh, I don't know how much I believe the 27 home runs. Uh, just because it's a sub-30% fly ball rate last season with being about a 25% a home run for fly ball. But you make excellent points about his hit tool. Uh, 22% <laughs> O-swing is so good. 7.5% uh, swing strike rate is ridiculously good as well. And the fact that he only had a 36% pull percentage, so he's not relying on that kind of cheap power to get it done. He's, I mean, I would put him more in the 20 to 25 homer range. Sure. At the same I time, this my, is a very good floor, fifth fifth round, and obviously upside to grow considering how young he is. So I'm all for him going around this time. I thought it was a very good pick. All right, we will make people angry if we don't critique any picks. So pretty <laughs> soon you're gonna have to start. But we had a, pick. but
0: we had a great draft. So far. I, honestly, I. I Listen, spoiler alert, guys. It's not going to be a lot of hate. I'm not going (laughs) to manufacture some disdain for picks that I don't have disdain for because your next pick was the guy I was looking at uh, if I didn't take Rendon. And I was actually kind of hoping he would make it back to the sixth. But you you went ahead and scooped Eugenio Suarez. I thought that was a keen pick because – Uh, He has been falling in some drafts. You said, I don't think so. Uh, Let me take a look at what he's been doing the last couple of years. I'm going to nab him right here. And he's just been really solid now for three seasons. I think that would sneak up on people to realize that Eugenio Suarez has been good for three years. The first breakout year, he only hit 248, but 21 homers and 11 steals with 78 runs, 70 ribbies that's really good you can eat that batting average but he's improved the batting average each of the last 2 years as well from 248 to 260 and then 283 last year the trade off has been that the steals have gone away but i'll take that because yeah, this past year was 283 34 104 with 79 uh runs so I really like what he did there. I think that we were approaching the third base cliff, so you made a good move to go ahead and nab him here because uh, then Donaldson, uh, Vlad had already gone, uh, When I and then I took Rendon at the end of that round, Suarez, and then Donaldson goes. And then you're dipping down to uh, a guy who I really do like in Matt Chapman, but he, I don't know uh, that I would have wanted to take him in the fifth round. And then Justin Turner, who performs – But you get like 120 games. He's almost the rich
1: hill of hitting. Yeah, because he stands so close to the plate. He's going to get double-digit hit-by-pitches every single year. And I think that puts him him in. His wrist a couple years ago. So,
0: uh, yeah, you got a really strong guy. By the way, I will point out, too. It was the lowest of the three seasons for plate appearances for Suarez, and he still busted out. He missed a little bit of time, and he still went off. So I like Eugenio Suarez. You know what I like most about him is that the Tigers traded him for Alfredo Simon. That's so (laughs) cool and awesome because we could definitely not use a 27-year-old middle infielder, well, third baseman right now, uh, who is just absolutely coming into his power. Could not use that at all. Definitely not, no
1: way. I uh, so, His his soft care. contact percentage was 8.4% last year.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: 48.6% hard contact uh, for you, Henry Suarez. And I was actually considering him instead of Rizzo in the fourth. And I was having a debate wondering if I can get both. And, you and, and I went with Rizzo because I figured he'd be the bigger name and go first. But that's how You're much right. I love Suarez. Um, even though I have Jose Ramirez at third base, Suarez will be my utility. It doesn't matter. We have or two yeah. Utah on this one, so whatever. I wanted the big bat of Suarez. Obviously, I have some concern with the 23.5% home run per five ball rate. Maybe that doesn't stay up, but he was just crushing the ball. He was I think killing he it. comes
0: back to the 18 from, from last year. Right. You it's know. still
1: going to push 25 You're 30, still getting so. Mid 20s. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you might peel back six, seven homers, but well, you might peel back six, seven homers in rate, but then if he gets up to 630 point appearances again, it cancels a couple of That's those a great out. point. So uh, I just
1: really like the way he's and, developed
0: as a hitter. And, and there's
1: also a uh pitchless writer, Dan Richards, did a great article about Suarez's stance change and how he's improved since then, too. So I, I really do believe the skill set that he has, uh, the too. developments he's made. And I think fifth round is exactly where he should be going, if not even hinting at the fourth. The I beauty. love him
0: is that in some leagues, you're not going to have to pay that. No, you're going to get them in in sixth, maybe even seventh, because you talk about name value that you said Rizzo, you had to take first because he does have name cachet. Suarez still doesn't. And again, I think it was going to surprise some folks to see that he actually has three strong fantasy seasons in a row. So, all right. So it comes back and we were eyeing pitchers here. Yeah, we we Uh, were
1: talking about this.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this (laughs) because this was the fifth round where we took uh, Soto and Suarez. So we had a long way to go. And as it was coming back in the seventh, or excuse me, in the sixth round, we saw Corbin go, then Abreu, Rosario, then Tyon went, which I thought was your top pick. That was my guess. I was that,
1: debating, but yeah,
0: that was around Probably. when we started talking, and you're know, like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm looking at somebody." I was like, "Okay, it's got to be dog, Paxton, uh,
1: and then Wheeler." Those are my top three. Uh, and Price, Price, wait, right. Price was Price was in the mix for me as well. Yeah, uh, so. I I keep debating if I want Tyon or Clevenger more. I believe in the, the floor more of Tyone, but I think there is more strikeout upside in Clevenger just because, I think you even wrote about it as well, the The start of the year, Clevenger's breaking balls just weren't that great mm-hmm. uh, this season. The K rate was like 20% for an odd moment, dear. and then all of a sudden he went nuts, and it was, everything was wonderful, and everyone starts believing now in Clevenger. And I think when I put out my ranks, it was what, 16 for Clevenger, 17 for Tyone? I might flip them. Uh, it depends on how much I really do believe in the, the, the strikeout rate of Clevenger exceeding Tyone's, but I mean, I love Tyone's slider, and I really think that he is a legitimate ace moving forward. Clevenger still could fall to like a 3-5 ERA or so, and well I see Tyone at like a 3, believe it or not. No, I, I totally believe it. I have Clevenger priced Tyone in order, by the way. Right, okay. So yeah, so... so- so, I mean, I, I eventually said, okay, you know what? Tyone's off the board. Fine, this makes it easy. I'll go with Clevenger in the sixth.
0: And I had, I had my guy ready. Uh, um, Big if Maple. If taken my guy, I would have gone the other way and taken Clevenger or Price. I don't know which one yet. It would have mm-hmm. been close. But uh, I got Paxton. I got Big Maple there. Um, and listen, I still worry about the health. He, he still hasn't shown that he can stay healthy for a season. But we've talked about it on this podcast it's, uh, throughout. I've written about it. You don't need the 180 plus, the 200 plus innings to be a top 15 pitcher. Right. You can do it on the heels of – honestly, you can do it on the heels of 120 innings. Rich Hill has proven that. He's slotted <laughs> in the top 20 with 120 innings. But uh, he did hit a career-high 160 last year. And Weirdly enough, it was his worst year by – or uh, a worse year, not his worst, but a worse year by ERA. He went up from 298 to 376. But I'm still looking at the uh, underlying numbers and I'm not worried about it. The homer rate went way up. Everything else was the same. And if I see all the skills are staying the same for a guy except a home run rate going up, I feel confident that a home run rate that's never existed that pops up in one year can be remedied. So I don't see Paxton as an upper threes guy. I see him at worst as more of like a 3 3 guy. With the ability to be sub three, uh, with a boatload of Ks, and if he happens to get moved to a high quality team, that only improves his outlook even more. So I was pretty happy to get Big Maple there. Like I said, we had a we had a group of pitchers that we were both considering from, that doesn't really feel that different. It was just which name were we going to get?
1: Right, and with Paxton, I don't. I'm not against this picket by any means. Uh, I think it's solid. I think people forget that even with that 80 point jump in ERA, his WHIP was exactly the same at one point exactly. one. And that's... It's really because that 6.6 6 home run per nine went up to 1.3. Double. And and four seamers. Uh, well, was four seamer, I think, but allowed 13 home runs compared to five in about the same amount. Oof. So, that really... I mean, that is a little concerning that he's essentially just not getting it inside enough to right-handers. Yeah, leaking uh, out
0: over the plate for sure.
1: But still a very positive pitch throwing a time of strikes with it setting up his cutter well. Curveball wasn't as sharp as it used to be, but that's okay. And yes we're still gonna have that injury risk with paxton 160 was easily the highest he's ever had 136 in 2017 was the previous career high so hopefully you get 180 if you get 180 out of paxton it should be dope 32 percent k rate last year so i'm i'm i totally understand this pick and i think it's solid i I, yeah. I don't i don't really have any complaints about clevenger versus paxton versus price versus wheeler i think they're all very very close yeah same here And I went So I've got Cole Paxton You have Nola Clevenger Coming back
0: around now here To start the 7th Oh you uh, Rasmus such, Rasmus a, good full you t- such a good pick such a good pick and I felt really good here. And I've actually, <laughs> this goes back to the comment I made earlier about how things change depending on price. I've actually been a bit of a Corey Seager uh, basher, for lack of a better word, because I've always felt that his price was a little bit outsized. Well, now he misses the entire season to uh, Tommy John. And then I think he had a little hit procedure in August or something. So he literally didn't play all year. And I think he went a little bit forgotten. You mentioned that he kind of slipped your radar a little bit. So I nabbed him in the seventh. And I feel great about
1: that. That's such good value.
0: If that lasts, I I don't think it will. But if that lasts, I am going to have Seeger everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think think that's great. He's my first
0: uh, middle infielder.
1: I mean, as I was saying with Lindor before, there is a cliff that happens. Gene Segura Mm -hmm. is the next one. Even Segura had, what, like 10 home runs and 20 stolen bases and change. It wasn't that much of pushing the needle from Segura. And after that, now now I don't even have a shortstop, and I'm trying to figure out who my target is. Probably Ahmed Rosario late, or maybe even Jorge Polanco. But there's nothing left. I'm late, by the way. But uh, yeah, that's obviously not that's not uh, a a front line. Shortstop right. Step. It's but not it's not someone that I'm going to like really pump my fist and say yes. You know, I feel like I got, got, got these yeah. guys. You know. But uh, but yeah, there really isn't Ahmed's much actually left. my number one guy.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Ahmed's my number one guy left, so you're you're definitely on the right track there. But that doesn't that is a that's it, another cliff.
1: And when do I get him? You know exactly. when do I, <laughs> I, <don't> know. <laughs> I? I don't know. I have no I idea. Know. So so that's something that when I saw Seigo go off the bar, I was like, oh no. What have I done? At the same time, I'm, I'm. It's not like I'm disappointed with anything I've made. It's, I'm kind of trying to figure out where I would have. Maybe I would have tried and gone to starting pitcher in the first seven rounds instead of Clev. Probably would have done that, and then instead of my eighth round pick, try and so go for another you could starter. Could redo it. Would right? you
0: slot Seeger into Clevenger's spot?
1: Yeah, I think so. And then
0: he falls, or just take the guy you ended up taking, which was Zach Wheeler with your seventh pick.
1: So, okay, so I would take Seeger with instead of Clevenger. You probably would not have taken Pax. Or, no, you you would have taken Clevenger. I would have
0: still taken Pax or Clevenger. I would have right. only taken one, though. And then I would have found another hitter myself. Maybe right. a Turner. Um, just looking at some of the hitters that were recently taken. Uh, yeah, maybe like a Turner. Uh, right. I, I could have gotten behind in the seventh. So I would have I, taken both pitchers. But- I would
1: have taken one of Wheeler, Paxton, Price, Clevenger with that seventh round. And then with Hicks, I would hope to get one of those or. Probably would have gone with Miles Mikolas then. Love the Hicks pick by the way. So you took Zach Wheeler. So now you have three
0: pitchers. You got a <laughs> Nola, Clevenger, Wheeler trio. I really, really do like that though. That is so strong there. That's three of the top twenty-five. Um, in most, I, I can't imagine many ranks would that would not be true for. Yeah, it would be I, three of the top. I have 25. seen
1: Wheeler fall out of the top twenty-five. Okay, um, a couple times. I think in the the staff mock, he went about twenty-eight with guys like. Bumgarner, Tanaka, and Barrios. I think maybe even Fulte as well getting drafted above him. Uh, I, I think we've actually even debated Marquez here too. Uh, who I i think I had above Wheeler. Gone, by the way. What? He's still available. Oh, Unless no. I'm missing something. Yeah, He's no, still- you're right. That's my thats my 10th round pick then, I guess. I was
0: going to say, you will have a shot at him here in five picks oh, if, he, man. Uh, if he continues to not
1: How- go. I appreciate you letting me know. I mean, yeah. you probably were going to go for him at 119. There's no question. He's my top pitcher and by a couple And, and you and only have two. Down. No, I, I feel feed. bad. I feel guilty. I can't do that. That's not fair <laughs> if I take him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not.
1: No, that's not. I won't
0: do that. You I was not have him. You absolutely <laughs> take him if he's available. I will be upset with you if you don't. I have oh, no man. problem.
1: But, Point I mean, the only reason I'd be – honestly, I wouldn't have noticed until – I wouldn't have noticed because I think I would have even gotten with the hitter uh so I just you know for the sake of the you know the uh what's integrity, the word no, integrity. No, no, exactly no. there it is
0: beautiful I honestly would be fine if you took a- <laughs> it so't bother me at all so uh so we but, went Seeger wheeler thought we both uh smashed that round there because mm. we're really starting to get into some some gamble picks. And then, by the way, let's not say that Seager and Wheeler are gamble-free. Seager coming oh, off yes. of a, a completely lost season. Wheeler burst onto the scene, uh, you know, kind of reburst onto the scene after a host of injuries himself, but he was a former, you know, uh, would-be stud that and, finally panned out. But then you're getting guys like Justin Turner, Brian Dozier, right. Conforto hasn't stayed healthy, and, uh, Mitch Hanniger only has kind of the one great year. He had kind of a half season the year before. Uh, Price, Jansen, Pollock, Matt Chapman, and so we're getting into that spot now where everyone's going to have a little bit of a war. So right. you come back around in the eighth. I love this pick. This would have been my pick <laughs> if you didn't take him. I've been a longtime Aaron Hicks honk. It's not going to end. I just, I'm just i not going to quit this guy because he's never expensive, and I think what he does uh, continues to play. And he's really had a couple of good seasons the last the last two years and really put together some – some actual fantasy value it always seems to come up a little short like he always has a blistering hot streak at some point to where we start dreaming of what he could do like oh my goodness look what he just did for this six week period what if he continues and he always kind of comes back but the bottom line was 248 you don't love that but you love a 366 obp 27 homers 79 ribbies 90 runs and 11 steals that plays. And I think you have enough batting average with uh with the guys Exactly that, uh, right that you, got, that you can take a two forty eight.
1: Yeah, I needed I needed a little bit of speed, only had Jose Ramirez and there's Judge and Rizzo and Suarez at this point. Okay. And only had one outfielder. I don't love the late outfielders much in this draft. I was thinking about maybe David Peralta or Eloy Jimenez as well at this point. And they both but- went round nine, by the way. The, the the idea that I got a little bit of stolen bases here, a little bit of speed on top, was the thing that put me over for Hicks. But it was 137 games, 580 plate appearances. If that goes close to 650, maybe we can get 30 home runs. Maybe we can get 15 stolen bases. That's not out of the question. I still think there's a 30-20 season here. Right, also. exactly. I just, so I just do. And you know, it's the Yankee lineup where he should still be a very, very prominent member of it, uh, playing center field for them. Uh, And by the way, just to touch on Wheeler very quickly, because we kind of glossed over him. Yeah, we did. Go ahead. Uh, ahead. Very quickly, for those that are doubting what Wheeler does, he throws a four-seamer up, and it's so effective. It's one of the best four-seamers in the game, actually, by P-Val. And he also has a slider, splitter, and curveball that normally I talk about you need like one really strong secondary pitch. But the thing is that they're all good enough that at least one of them will be working on a given day. To be getting to, to set up that four-seamer up. The four-seamer up is actually a very good strikeout pitch for him. It's not really that slider, it's not really that curveball. Sometimes it's that splitter that hints at a 15% whiff rate, but at the same time, it's a splitter and very inconsistent, especially from a young pitcher like Wheeler. But and that's enough for me to believe that he can continue doing what he's doing. And when it comes to a foundation of one pitch that's really good, I love it being a fastball, a fastball more so than yes. anything else. So to see him ex- excelling with a four-seamer up in the zone like he does, makes me confident that he can maintain this a bit.
0: So uh, let's see. What what pick was that? That's 12 plus three. So you got him at pick 75. Okay, so right in line with where I got him. I got him in Arizona at pick 80 uh, for Zach Wheeler. So I felt mm-hmm. really good about that as, yeah. as well. And I echo all the same sentiments on why I like him. I love that his best pitch is a fastball because it just gives him such a good foundation. And then like you said, on most days, at least at least one of the off speeds is going to be working, and then when it's two, that's when you're getting your double digit strikeout games and your and your beast games, which he had several of last year. So Zach Wheeler was a really good pick there, um, and then like you said, you came back with Hicks. My next pick was Scooter Jeanette. Oh, I love it, it. Funny because he had just we had just gotten questioned on Twitter about like, hey, what's up? You know, why isn't Scooter Jeanette gone yet? Do people not believe it? I was like, if the people do, could you hush until I get my pick? Like he was seriously.
1: <laughs> A, a topic. Well, you don't you. wait. You don't realize what was going on is that I had a podcast with John Metzlar at the same time, and, and you I were talk talking about, about him. You said we were talking about him. We That's were literally. I was debating: Am I going to go for Shaw or Scooter Jeanette? Uh, Metzlar had picked Jeanette in the pitcherless mock that we were talking about, and it, I made my pick live, where I took Aaron Hicks on the cast, and my my end result was okay. You know what? Shaw or Jeanette will be around the next one. Hicks probably won't. So I'll just I'll just go for Hicks and hopefully I can get Jeanette. And then right after I take Hicks, you take Jeanette. (laughs) That's hilarious because you you
0: messaged me something and I thought that you were referencing the tweet. And you're like, no, dude, we were literally talking about him on the cast. and I was like, that's crazy because literally uh, I was responding to tweets saying, yeah, no, no, people believe in him. It's two good seasons in a row. Like, don't don't get it, it twisted like I, I i buy scooter Jeanette. in fact i'm about to buy him if you keep your mouth shut <laughs> and so i was i was happy to get him. i mean you look at what he's done with with the power uh for Jeanette, and it's been back like he completely followed up the breakout year with an even better season this year 23 homers 92 ribbies um well not an even better year but the batting average was better because he actually had 27 97 the year before but i mean that's like that's like a negligible drop off. I right. barely even call that a drop off. Makes the all star team. Um, you know, I just I believe in what he's doing. I would be so surprised if he completely fell off, because there's nothing to suggest that that Scooter Jeanette's just gonna, you know, completely uh, you know, go back to being a, a slappy second base hitter. The only thing that could maybe be bad is if he got traded, but I think they should kind of keep this offense together. Like you talk about, we talk about Suarez. Obviously, Vado's not going anywhere. He's the rock. He didn't do great this year, but, um, you know, they still had a pretty good offense despite his shortcomings. Jose Peraza broke out a little bit, a guy that I've been critical of, but he made me look a little foolish this year. Uh, They've got some pieces coming up. Jesse Winker was really good before he got hurt. Um, They've got a lot of good prospects, and they actually have some pitching prospects too, in addition to our boy Luis Castillo, Anthony Descofani. Like, They actually are making some good moves. They are cursed with the division that they're in, but the Reds' rebuild is probably further along than a lot of people realize, in my opinion.
1: Now, this is kind of funny. As you were talking about all these players, this reminds me so much of the 2017 to 18 offseason for the Marlins, where. They Don't. had all these, well, no, no, but they had all these solid players Ozuna, yeah. Yelich, Giancarlo, Stanton, including one that was an expensive deal mm-hmm. in Vado and Stanton. And all they need are strong pitchers. Just And you know, the crazy <laughs> thing is, by the way, that the, the not to have a decent staff. <laughs> Is that they ended up
0: getting some pitchers? Right. They got you know guys that you you and Alex Fast have been talking about, um, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Richards was somebody that, that Caleb you know, definitely Smith. were promoting. Caleb Smith, a guy that we uh, liked before he got hurt, and and it, when those guys perform, it kind of pushes down their mediocre, solid inning eater types like Dan Straley and Wei-Yin Chen, Jose Urania, I know he got right. Heat
1: He's decent.
0: In, the the main reason people know his name was for the clown thing that he did when he hit Acuna. And I don't back that at all. Mm-hmm. But his pitching this year was pretty solid. They yeah, you were you were talking a lot pitching. about that. They should have that, kept. Yeah. They should have kept those guys. <laughs> I think they did a terrible job doing that. Um, moving Adam Conley to the bullpen. By the way, he's going to be your 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 next Josh Hader, uh, Andrew Miller type next year. So make sure you're. Scooping. I hope so. You're I hope, in you're, hope deep you're right leagues there. Where, where middle relievers play. Adam Conley, that's a guy. Go go look at him. But anyway, so I got Jeanette. I feel good here. I got my middle infield locked now with uh, Seager and Jeanette. I'm feeling good. We loop back around. Jonathan. Oh, by the way, the other guy I considered besides uh, Jeanette was Jonathan VR. He literally went the next pick. And then Eduardo Rodriguez. I wonder if that uh, made you upset because I know you like him. Although, didn't you have a little bit of a negative take on him recently?
1: Well, I mean, with the I, I do like Eduardo Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I don't like him this much
0: the price um, yeah yeah i i, guess, I, price, I see other
1: different I, different. I see other options that i think i would be going for instead i i wouldn't be surprised if had Eduardo rodriguez as my fourth or fifth starter i do think he has a little bit more of a spotlight than he used to um, and right as you just mentioned the price is not necessarily going in his favor at the moment
0: and that's that's kind of the thing is that um you know we like him and I remember when we had a debate on him, for me, it was only the health. I love the right. skills. And if I could be guaranteed some health, I'm really liking Eduardo Rodriguez as well. But the price is inching up there to where he's going to need to stay healthy to perform. So we talk about that first base cliff, and I maybe could have waited, but I didn't want to. I had one other guy that I was – keen on that i think has actually has some upside to him so before we got into the uh older guys that that are really unstable or somebody like a joey gallo who's going to give you the guaranteed power but absolutely brutalize your batting Mm -hmm. average i went ahead and popped matt olson for the for the oakland a's uh again i felt pretty good about this one i actually think he had a little bit of a bogus year in terms of uh getting some bad luck go his way he still crushed the ball now he had that insane insane (laughs) pop-up last year where he hit like 24 homers in 29 games or something okay it wasn't that but it was literally 24 in 59 games it was nuts I wasn't expecting anything like that in fact I kind of had him tabbed for like a 30 30 to 33 homer season this year I was like you know what yeah he'll play all year and he'll be fine he hit 29 but it was with a 247 average and if you look at, at some of the underlying numbers in terms of his hard hit con uh, hard hit rate going way up from 40 to 47. His fly ball rate went down three ticks. That's nothing. Uh, everything was in line for a mid thirties home run season, but his, home run to fly ball was a meager 16 for a pure power hitter like that. You would expect something in the twenties, not the 41% that he had in 2017, but I thought Olsen should have been a mid thirties Homer guy. Uh, He hit 29 and I think there's some upside here. So I felt pretty good to get him before hitting another cliff, especially with Aguilar taken in round eight. He was the only other one I would have considered because now, like I said, you're going to get into the oldies like Encarnacion who uh, ended up going Miggy, or kind of some unstable guys like, is Max Muncy going to repeat, Jose Martinez, and then Joey Gallo going to brutalize your batting average? So I felt pretty good about the Olsen pick. What would you think?
1: Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you if you were going to consider Aguilar instead of Olsen. I, uh, I, think, had a I, I, I think I, I, think I f- slightly favor Aguilar a bit. Uh, I do wonder how much different Olsen is than Muncy. Um, that's that's a fair question. And I like Muncy. Right. Olsen... He's better looking,
0: and so I went for the (laughs) – I'm just kidding. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) You knew it. I just draft based on looks. You know what? Ladies like him more. Uh, No, I just – I think there's a little bit more in all. Like, okay, between the two – and listen, never mind. I shouldn't even say this because it's not true. Muncie hit 35. I I, kind of forget how amazing Muncie was. You're right. Those two should have been – if Aguilar had made it, it should have been a Muncie – Aguilar Olsen coin flip, I really right? Think and all
1: three and, and cool. that's the thing. Um, and by the way, I, I'm trying to now imagine a coin like a three sided coin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is something to be said that because you're at the start of the ninth round, maybe if you don't pick either one, you're saying okay, cool, I'll just pick the one that's left. Maybe neither one is around at 119. So, um, I understand if you like slightly favoring Olsen, then just go for it and make sure you have that secure. One funny thing I should mention is that in the middle of the eighth round, Enosaurus had originally taken Encarno- Encarnacion instead of Puig accidentally. Then he tweeted me and said, oh, that was a that was a mistake. I was just kind of making a list of all of these one-dimensional hitters. And then, so he took Puig. And then Olsen, Cruz, Otani all went. And Shaw, you can even put in there if you want. Yeah. And he was like, all right, I guess I'm taking him now.
0: T- he, took him, he took him the next round. That's the best <laughs> part. And like...
1: Tweak maybe would have made it back, right? So
0: you right. could have just taken him in reverse order. But that's so funny and to I, get a pick reverse because I didn't mean to take him. I was just putting him on my list. I, I and sent then he him gets all tweet. the way back to him. So he ended up taking him uh, just the same. By the way, Shaw was your pick. I like Shaw. I mm. love that Shaw has second base eligibility. Yeah, that's this what, is,
1: that was just sneaky. I just love that sneaky pick.
0: Me too. And this is another guy. I put him in the Olsen category where I think his mm-hmm. season was a little bit worse than it should have. been. if you look at the skills – I think he could have been even a little bit better. Not that he was bad either. 241, 32 homers, 86 rubies, five, by the way, sneak stolen bases. He's going to get you those five to seven sneak stolen bases, which I do like as well. But if you look at the skills, I think everything was there to give him more of a 273 average the way he had in 2017. So you might not have power upside outside of maybe a couple extra homers here and there. I think it can be a 35 homer hitter. but I think you can get a better batting average than the 241. I think he can be a 260, 265 sort of guy, which that's about 20 points of batting average for a guy who plays every day. That could be pretty good. So I like the Shaw pick. The fact that he's second base just makes him so sneaky.
1: Yeah, that was – I I kind of – I was really debating here. Considering I do have big bats like Rizzo and Suarez and Judge and Jose Ramirez, I was thinking, okay, Scooter Jeanette probably is a little bit of a better fit. At the same time, I'm just thinking, well, I love that he increases walk rate to 13.3% from 10% Mm -hmm. the previous year. And maybe the BABIP changes a little, three twelve to two forty two. At the same time, he did change his fly ball rate by seven points, but that's and his grab one, ball rate went five. So maybe there's something in between. Maybe it's a two sixty, yeah. which is great, especially with that plate discipline. That means he'll get on base above a three fifty clip as well. So there's thing there are a lot. There's a lot to like, and I just kind of went all right. You know what? Let's just go for that instead. It's just more fun of a pick. Um, and that might be, yeah, it could be 35 home runs. I don't think that's out of the question. 18% home or profile ball rate. That could hint closer to 20% and then all of a sudden you have a legit stud at second base. So Agreed. I, I see them it. similarly. I, I think that that was a really sharp pick um, because because of the second
0: base. But even if you had to take him at third, I, I think that Travis Shaw is somebody that people should want. And uh, both he and Olsen going back to back there, I think are better than what we saw this past year. Um, after that, you mentioned that Cruz and Otani went to DH only guys. Those are the best two by far, probably the only. Yep. Well, actually, I think. Think next year Chris Davis is too. Oh, he that's might have right. Up that is, that is correct. League, yeah. But I'm pretty sure he is.
1: So I mean, this is also relative to 2018 preseason. Coming in. So. Yes. So keep that in mind. Uh,
0: Michaelis went. You briefly mentioned him. This is a guy that we like, and I think we're gonna boost his draft value. So <laughs> I don't think he's gonna keep going here because I, I mean I'd stop talking about him.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um I, I often talk about that as like a joke that like, yeah, I'm really influencing ADP values and whatnot. I think uh, sometimes we do. I mean that's that's very that's very I don't think nice that's not
0: to hear to suggest that. But yet. you don't think that we influence Louis? I don't know.
1: I mean like, maybe. Oh man, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> Our bad.
0: But yeah uh, Oh, how about that second half, uh,
1: guys? It better. And if you if you read the roundups, I remember. Trying to like not sound biased and trying to say, Hey, I can be excited for this, right, guys? Am I allowed because this can, is can much I, better? Can I? Are you guys gonna still be mad about second half bring, or first half vibrating because his uh, velocity was back? It's just the price is the same as last year. That's the Because you went in the 10th that's round in this same. one, so it's 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 a little, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong that like, the, no, the, like he I'm is the 28th surprised. off the board for me, but yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm just surprised. So, Michaelis, um, 200. Yes.
0: walk rate. That is the driving force there. Helped him to a 107 whip. He did have a 283 ERA uh, with a lot of stuff supporting it, namely the 241 average that he allowed. 18% strikeout rate. Obviously, that's, that's pretty mediocre for what we're dealing with in today's game. And this is a good example of where K percentage and K per nine, uh, are worth kind of pointing out both because K per nine is actually pretty low at six, six, but the percentage is high because he doesn't walk anybody. So it's actually like a decent percentage, but it's, it's not good per nine at all. And so if you use per nine or something, you, know, you have to kind of be mindful of that. However, this is one of those guys and it's not to the same degree as teammate Adam Wainwright but this is something that Wainwright would do where he'd have a mediocre k9 or or percentage whatever you want to say k rate um, but counter it by volume so the fact that Michael has still had 146 Ks cuz he threw 200 innings if he does that again like yeah you can you can be mindful of the fact that the strikeout rate isn't isn't very good but if you're going to get a high high volume of innings you're still going to get a fair number of Ks that are going to make worth buying the ratios here and i think we've talked about this i think there's a tinge of strikeout upside here he's not some soft tosser uh he can regularly run it up into the mid 90s and if he can get something that kind of counter that that kind of uh goes hand in hand with the fastball and keeps hitters off balance a little bit i don't think he has to sacrifice that walk rate to get some extra Ks and maybe push it near 75 or a 20% mark. Uh, I think there's some upside with Michaelis, despite the fact that he had such a great year. Upside with the strikeouts. The ratios will probably come back a little bit just because he was so good. But uh, I I like Michaelis, and I I could see myself bumping him up the board a little bit. I thought this was a pretty good price for Brent Hershey here.
1: Yeah, I have him at 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, That might stick around. It might be slightly higher. I literally Um, have the exact same thing. Uh, maybe it's possible. I put him maybe over Jack Flaherty. I don't know yet. Uh, maybe over Herman Marquez. The more I talk about Marquez, the more I'm actually not ready to buy into it. I feel like it could be something like John Gray 2.0, um, or Castillo even. Um, <laughs> and that's like you know even to say that is like uh oh, all right, we're done. We're done with Even to even consider it and have that conversation. I uh, There's a couple things to talk about with Michaelis. Michaelis one, the fact that he th- has really good stuff. He has stuff that doesn't it doesn't normally translate to what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see a 95-mile-per-hour fastball and one of the best P-Val sliders in the majors, you think he should be having a uh, overall whiff rate above 10%, but he doesn't. At the same time, it is a 9.5% which, we talk about this where normally I translate two to 2.5 times in K percentage. Which would be about 19% or upwards to, I don't know, 23%. It's at 18% right now. And I think there is more to get with with his stuff. I think there's there is that extra gear that you talk about. Now, there is this one element, though, that I have to address. He is such a high-volume strike thrower, 71% first strike rate. Yes, 3.5% walk rate. What that generally does is it shortens at-bats. Yes. And he's That's very true. effective at getting grounders 49% rate that guys are putting in play instead of fouling it off. And, and if, there, if there's the something player. that actually I would like slightly, if I, if I if I were to believe in a higher K rate from Mikolas, it would compare with a higher foul ball rate. Because that means that... Not uh, swing strikes are translating into foul balls, but rather balls in play are turning into foul balls. Yeah. Which means he's getting into deeper counts, which and means that he can then the set slider. him up to, right, to finish him off. So that's something to consider. Uh, I mean, I remember you talking about Justin Verlander and his foul ball marks. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was part of the reason why he always had high strikeout rate because he was getting those fouls instead of balls in play um, earlier in counts. I need to look this up. I need to look like foul, foul ball rate. It, they're based on as counts. it correlates to, to strike like early or late or that. Yeah. Yes. But also like, is there something I can see about high foul balls early or high foul balls late? Are they getting the foul balls when they're attacking the guys early in the counts or are they getting the foul balls when people are trying to stay alive? Yes. Those are two distinct things. Off. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious if we can get that data, but, uh, but that's kind of how I feel about Michael loss. maybe he can turn that corner. Maybe not. It could be just be more of the same and I'd be happy pretty much with more of the same anyway. So that's kind of why I'm in, on make a loss for 2019.
0: Yeah, I I am as well. And like I said, we both have him at 25. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, what he can do. And if I, I think if the price kind of stays where it's at here, which looks to be about what eyeballing it, pick 100ish.
1: Well, do you remember your uh I think it was a too early mock when I was texting you about. You were were the one telling, Nick, starters are going way too early. I'm like, no, they're not. Don't tell me this. This is terrible. And we're trying to find, like, who would be the guys in the eighth, ninth, tenth round that we could go for. It was Tyone originally. Yeah, originally.
0: Again, going back to influencing. Right. Maybe maybe, maybe that's a thing. (laughs) You don't think that your continued discussion, not just of him, but with him, hello, um, hasn't – I, I think it's Well, it's,
1: it's DJ Short. DJ Short knows what he's doing at Roto World. I, yeah. I'm sure that independently he very much understood the value of Tyone. But yeah, lost here in the ninth. That has stuck from that conversation I remember yes. having with you. So that might be something that is around because it's it's a harder sell. It's 18% K rate. People are going to think, oh, 393 Sierra. Okay, this is a Kyle Freeland kind of guy. I don't yeah. want to go after that. They're going to think he's a soft tosser too
0: because you see a low walk right. rate. People instantly think soft tosser, but that's just not what what Nicholas no. is. And I I do think there's some upside here. Um, and even if I you know quote unquote only get say 180 innings of a 325, 110 whip with uh with, with the same 18% strikeout against, it's another 100 and you know 40 strikeouts or whatever. I'm fine with that. Like That's not a problem, but I do think I could get more, and that's why, that's why I like him, you, um, and I think he's, he's a worthy pick there.
1: Here's something I just really quickly looked up. Uh, Michael has had 146 total strikeouts in 2018, 48th overall as far as strikeout total goes. Guys that are above him, Gio Gonzalez, Gaussman, Lester, and Keichel, all within seven strikeouts. Oh, wow. So when you think about those, I mean, especially like Lester, yeah, maybe even Keuchel, even Ju Gonzalez, it's – wait, that's actually not so far away. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he has the most innings, like 200. Keuchel actually had 204. And it's only a difference of seven. <laughs> Keuchel's another ty- – he's the type of guy
0: like that though, like the Wainwright thing that I was saying where the, his rate is never that great, but the, the volume. Right,
1: uh, exactly. Uh, yeah
0: push up there and we'll see if he's can if he can stay healthy for a a year and I'm kind of interested on on Keiko in terms of just what's gonna happen obviously he's kind of off the radar a bit people haven't pushed down their board what is a landing spot you would like for Keiko I was gonna ask maximize
1: well if I had to make a guess it would be like the Jays was where he would go he just seems like a Jays kind of pitcher Honestly,
0: I would hate that. I don't want. Oh, it would be terrible. On astroturf. That's why I don't like Strowman. I, I like right. Stroman. Like as a player, I want him to succeed. I hate his environment. For yeah, no,
1: I, I agree with that. It's not the best investment. It's harder for him to succeed there. Hundred percent. Yeah, where would it be the best place for him to go? The Giants? Would they, they wouldn't do that.
0: They wanted. They're gonna tear it down. Farhan Zaidi. Yeah, is not dumb. He's gonna. He understands that it's it's time. What about? In the mold of they, they got their hitter last year. Of, of hey, we're about to be on the come up. We got to get some established guys. What about putting them out in San Diego?
1: Oh man, I love San Diego for a playoff team next year. Right? I mean, to- oh man, it's they're so, already like, getting, it's getting so, kind so, of that Braves Phillies chat. Right? We're gonna and we're gonna see so many bull predictions of that this yeah, year. They've got some pieces. That's my bull prediction,
0: and tons <laughs> more coming. You're you're laying playing to it.
1: Um, yeah, the, you know, the, we saw
0: some guys come through this year already. And they've got other guys that, that can definitely do more. Luis D'Arias is somebody I really like as far as uh, one of their right. hitters. Um, and their pitching is going to start to come together it's with interesting. prospects. So I don't know. You know, They, they certainly don't have anybody blocking a, a Dallas Keuchel. He could kind of be the leader, and they kind of learn under him. Because he is he does have a little bit of that uh, that teaching. He works with yeah, guys, definitely. Chain, trades grips with guys and everything too. So
1: he might be a fit for them. Uh, no, that's a really uh, good they, call. You know, I I would like and but yeah my bold prediction is that there will be uh the most bull predictions oh, on bold the Padres.
0: Prediction. Yes, I love that. <laughs> my bold prediction is that the, the most bold predictions will They're be right. San Diego making the playoffs. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's talk about the, the the team that we like the most that isn't ours. Uh we obviously like the teams and on. You know it really is hard to be critical here I'm not above being critical on on picks not that I would clown the, the the guys I respect everybody here but just to say hey maybe I don't like this pick that pick or the other when you're in a shark tank like this uh, and it absolutely is you're just not seeing a lot of picks that are jaw droppers well I don't think we've had right. anywhere we've texted and said like oh my goodness how did this guy go here like they're all within reason and that's what's making this draft so tough and that's why I'm glad and I feel Kind of lucky that I've been able to put together a team I like so much because I I feel like I would be getting sniped every pick, but uh, it's just been it's been a really tight draft. So so what is a team or two that that you like outside of ours?
1: I like DJ Short's team a good amount. I mm-hmm. uh, he went with JD Martinez as a six overall, which is actually what I would do um, above Manny Machado and Yelich. Uh, JD Martinez is just one is the absolute powerhouse offensive threat. Uh, and then paired it with Justin Verlander as well as his first starter. That's the fifth off the board. I think that's good value there. Uh, Chris Bryant could easily return first or second round value in the third round. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Albies. It's the only one I would be in any way. Mouth right now. Don't you ever spare <laughs> it. But that's the thing. I mean, I'm only critical because of my – I wouldn't go for an Albies type. I would yeah, go for Rizzo like, or Suarez in yeah, light of what everything I've baffling. said. Like, I, but it must, I, I love at,
0: it. There Are concerns about Albie at but the same
1: time? At the same time, he's still very young, and this could easily return very good value. Love the Bogarts pick in the That's fifth the round. I
0: think he balanced the Albies risk by getting right. a steady, a higher floor guy like Bogarts, and they both have upside. Yeah, exactly. So, yep, I love that. R- and then he went Tyone.
1: Tyone's then, great. Uh, I mean, Conferto could easily kill it as well. Um, Jesus Aguilar is a steady first baseman. Otani is a good util. I really think it's a solid draft. Um, from dj short I, I i like essentially all maybe not Alby's at that price but every pick i really do like from him
0: yeah it was a really sharp uh sharp draft there so far for dj short i tell you i like some of these uh some of these back end ones too uh justin mason uh my boy picking up the rear there with pick 12 i thought he did a, a good job here getting some of last year's duds and pairing them with some some of the high upside guys right you know he mm-hmm. was he was the guy to jump on, he took him in the fourth round, the first pick of the fourth round. Uh, he got Vado, Sanchez. Those are two of the last year's duds that I'm talking about. Even D. Gordon was a little bit of a last year's dud. He didn't pan out to the level. I thought he did do a good job of balancing the batting average to be able to take Gallo. He's got Trey Turner, Stanley Marte, Vlad Guerrero, Joey Vado and Dee Gordon, and even you could say Sanchez. Now last year he was terrible, but I I think the profile that Sanchez is is such that it could it could breed more batting average. But let's let's not count that right now because that, sure. that requires something to come f- forward. But the rest of it I think is stable enough. And even if you put Sanchez more in the Gallo bucket, I think he did Build a big enough base to take guys like Sanchez and Gallo and reap their power. So I like what Justin Mason did there at the back end of the draft. Turner and Scherzer were his first two picks. Um, the pitching's a little light because it goes from Scherzer to Flaherty. But then he did get Diaz, too. So you get an elite closer that that does back mm-hmm. up some of your starters. And obviously, I think he's going to pick maybe three starters
1: in his next four picks to kind of catch up. With yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Yeah, it's a solid draft there from Mason. Uh, you had to go with your boy, of course. You know, I could have just kept but he, Justifiably so.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, the worst draft, Eno Saris. God, I hate that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I thought he <laughs> did a good job as well. I mean, honestly, you look up and down the board, and we'll, I'll put yeah, everyone in it uh, in the show notes here. You could see that you're really going to have a hard time saying, I don't like this team. You might find an individual pick or two, but I really think that when you get a group like this, first off, it takes a certain level of psychosis to even want to do a draft in November. Right. So you've already got the most committed guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you've already got a level of sharpness that is difficult to compete with. So, yeah, you have put together a really good crew of of players here and it's been a fun draft. I'm eager to see because this is kind of where the bread is buttered here in these middle and late rounds. I'm eager to see where everyone goes there and we'll, we'll revisit it maybe uh, not next week, but the week after when the draft is over.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely do another. We'll do the second half, or maybe part two and part three. Who's who knows? Who, who, but, who uh Who, can who see knows?
0: For sure. <laughs> <be> your <laughs> who knows? So I can pick directly off of it. And, oh,
1: so that sounds good. Yeah. I'll do that. Do I. The- but I. Uh, no, I'm really. I feel very lucky that everyone agreed to this. This was just kind of one of those things. Like, oh, that'll be a fun thing. Let's see if that works out. And everyone said yes. Yeah, you really, so, really, uh, really it, it, did uh, Very, very lucky that, and fortunate to have everybody in this. This is. I mean, it, it really just goes to show. This is a really. Great representation of what it could look like uh, entering 2019, and to have that in November for us to talk about for the next three months is just fantastic.
0: Well, not only that, but you didn't put a time limit, and I don't think it's been egregious at all. Like, no, you know, no, everyone's been so respectful. If someone gets kind of caught, you know, with a pick late, and if they are they go to sleep early or something like that, but there really haven't been, um, you know, any times where it's like, come on, or the same person, you know, constantly holding anything up. So uh, I, I really like that as well. We're going to hit a little bit of a wall with the holidays, I'm sure. But the pace has been pretty nice for yeah. a draft with literally no time limit. So uh, I can't speak highly enough of what we've got going here. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm, again, eager to see how it kind of closes down because uh, I'm ready to just dominate y'all in these middle rounds.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, too bad so. we can't actually like have this team, right? Right, I, that's
0: the thing too. Oh. Whenever you have a mock that you like so much, you're like, uh, "Can we play this out? Just put a little twenty in the middle. Come on, I mean, let's go."
1: I mean, what will happen is we'll we'll do this again next year, mm-hmm. and we'll I'll definitely put it together as in like, okay, this would have been the results. Like, who? Can we like debate who actually had the best team?
0: here? I mean, it'll end up being like a draft and hold, but you should just to see.
1: Just to Right. See. I'll just I'll, I'll 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 see if one of the writers uh, a list, is able to put that in and just see what happens. Just Maybe put it in out of the park and Well,
0: <laughs> run that's the thing that. like well you can I know like when we did the two early mocks, those were at fan tracks and they were essentially used as 2018 drafts. So when they ended, they ran the numbers from the 2018 board, and obviously we were doing mm-hmm. it 2019, but if we could keep those drafts and run it again in 2019, uh, i right. am
1: eager to see how that goes. And, and obviously, of course, things are going to change from now to, to yeah. March, so hopefully nothing at all changes so that we won't feel better or worse about our picks about that time. So it's fair across the board. 13, 14, 15. Okay, let me ask about one more before we wrap up. Sure, yeah, what yeah, we got? Up, but uh,
0: Walker Buehler went 15th. Is that yes. is that where you're moving him up to? Didn't you? See, uh, I, I actually, you that I think here. I have him exactly at 15. Yeah, I thought I thought that that was the number that you had him. I've actually got him now in my most recent one, all the way up to 13.
1: Man, I go back and forth. This is this is the fun stuff of the off season. I don't, I don't know, because on one hand, I'm like, if we get 200 innings of time, which we could get, mm-hmm. that could be more valuable than 160 out of Bueller. We'd be lucky if we get 180 with Dodgeritis and everything. True, true. And with that concern, um, I also do expect some some regression a little bit with Bueller. I don't think he's going to be a two six ERA guy.
0: Yeah, I think that's you. You don't tag that on. You don't tag a two sixty on anybody outside of Scherzer, DeGrom, Sale. Right. But, you know those types.
1: So so I'm thinking, is that really? Do I really want to deal with Bueller for the entire year, or would I rather just have Tyone? Uh, where, where I you I, on I don't know. By the way, ranking. Ranking. I'm gonna. I keep falling. I keep pushing him down. Okay,
0: that's what I thought because his ranking is the one that I keep pushing when I uh, elevate these guys. When I elevate a Tyone, yeah. a Clevenger, a Bueller, he seems to be the one who keeps taking the hit.
1: Fastball velocity went down. Overall whiff rate went down. Uh, he did improve a little bit with a slider and curveball to make up for a changeup as well. Uh, but it does all point to decline. How good.
0: How good are you on um, like free agent guesses on dollars? I'm oh, zero experience. Okay, yeah, I'm the but... worst at it. Because I, w- I was gonna <laughs> say, like, what do you think he would get if he were on the market right now? Um, you know, last year what did Arietta get like 375? And the reason I ask is because uh Granke is due three one oh five. And I don't think right. he would get that. No. But would he get that far from it? Like it wouldn't I be think like he would get like I think he would go five?
1: four 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 at 20 because he's just too
0: old okay so well you get the extra year so if they cover like fifteen mil of it could they reasonably move him the diamondbacks still, could they move still three team? years
1: 30 million what's that i still three years 30 million yeah it's 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 tough uh, i i i know they would like to <laughs> yeah um and they should i imagine what will happen is some of the big dominoes will fall with starters and then teams like Corbin will have to go first before Granky gets traded, or at least the team will know they're out on Corbin.
0: Or Paxton will have to be traded or fully taken Right, off the block. Or
1: something with like the Indians or whatever. And then the, everyone will come back and say, okay, fine. Let's see how much money we can take with Granky.
0: Yeah. I think uh, that's it's something like that too. Um, yeah, because he's, like I said, he's the casualty whenever I start moving these guys up because I just feel more confident. And I know, yeah. You know, Like, the thing of it is, and then I go back and look at his numbers, I was like, he had a darn fine season yet again, 321-108 ERA whip combo. Uh, The strikeouts did come down again, but this is another guy, volume, 208 innings, so he still had 199 strikeouts. So even though the the rate came down, he was at 8.6 on the K-9. And uh, let's see, what would that be with the rate? That would be a 24% mark. Like, you're you're not angry about any of that. I just— Is it a hot potato thing where you just don't want to be left if it craters a bit?
1: Yeah, I love your hot potato. That's always a fun way of putting it. Uh, Yeah, right. That's like why Edmund and Canarcion and Cruz are in the ninth round right now. Yeah. Uh, So that's – yeah, that's on everyone's question. I mean, I'm minded not to mention there are obvious signs of degradation. Mm -hmm. So it does make me kind of worried. He went the Bueller guy. So he
0: bounced. Right. Oh, that's funny. CR yeah, right. that's his Derek. Cooler, then comes back around in the fifth round and takes grinky So he says, let me get the flashy uh, upside guy here, but then let me take my my crusty veteran here with, with Grinky. And those are his only two starters right now, but then he does have Trinan and Kimbrell. So I kind of like what he's doing with his pitching there, he's got kind of each end of the spectrum on the starters and then two premium closers that's going to cover a lot of Ks, especially if, if Grinky's Ks come down and mm-hmm. give some really strong ratios over their, you know, 125, 130 innings.
1: Right. But then at the same time, I'm also thinking, yeah, you know, 160 innings from Bueller. Are we going to get 200 from Grinky too?
0: It, it, and that's that part of the hot potato thing, you know, because right.
1: there is trouble
0: It's definitely going to affect the innings per start. Um, And then if there's trouble that is injury-related, that's going to curb even more innings. So then what if you're looking at a buck 75 from him with a 375, 380 ERA? If the strikeouts come, you know, you could paint the scenarios and it's not that hard with Greinke to say I don't know, so I, I'm really torn on him. Like I said, he's the one that kind of keeps moving down. Um, I am gonna do an updated SP ranking soon. I was gonna wait until December, but I've just been making so many shuffles between Arizona, right? Uh, the draft out there, the all the conference stuff out there, thinking about guys, and then this draft, I've just made enough changes that I think I'm gonna put out <laughs> one
1: soon. I than won't I anticipate. I won't have one until February, so we'll just have to talk when yours come out.
0: All right, we'll definitely do that. But then next week, uh, well, what's the scoop next week? I, I know, um, obviously, the
1: holidays are coming up. I uh, well, go. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how far we get in this. Okay, and yeah. uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of play it by ear. So I'd have to go Tuesday
0: or Friday. So we can talk offline and figure that out. But uh, great chatting cool. with you, and I hope you have a good weekend. And I'll talk to you later.
1: Yeah, great talking with you, Spore.